you know, sometimes, not always, but maybe like once every three or four years, Ryan and I are wrong about something. And that happened last week. We, we, we were wrong about, uh, about the fact that we thought, we got all excited and we thought WandaVision was going to have 10 episodes, but it was a blue moon and all the stars aligned, which meant that we happened to be wrong that night. And uh, this actually was the final episode of WandaVision, but it's not the final episode. It was an Infinity Rewatch with Andrew Fantasia and Ryan J. Whitehead. Woo! Because yeah. we're still alive! Woo! How's it going, Ryan? going good man so uh here's the thing okay if we're talking if we're talking about you know our misinterpretation of things let's let's put all the cards on the table here my friend let's not play poker let's just lay it all out let's just put the cards down um first of all here's how it's done my friend so first of all that post was terribly worded it was (laughs) it's not our fault it's marvel's fault (laughs) we still love you marvel we love you with our our whole hearts and souls but I will say that, uh, yeah, we're not wrong. Marvel was wrong. Um, but anyway, uh, the other thing I want to say is when you get into the heat of speculation with Marvel, as you as you probably heard on these podcasts, we've been all hyped up and excited about all these little secrets and everything that's in it. Um, that being said, I think that's the, the 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 magic of Marvel in the sense in the sense that. You know you're super invested when you're trying to pick up every little detail. And that being said, we have been disappointed before. And there are things I'm a little sad that we didn't get to see in this one yet. Although Mm -hmm. I I still think certain things are in the works. Um, I would say that this is what Marvel does, guys. This This is where Marvel thrives, is when everyone is speculating about all the little details for them they could be like oh yeah she has a friend that works in uh aerospace engineering uh we'll we'll call it out you know and then we'll just see what happens and i think marvel is okay with that i think as like tv writers and movie writers like they'll be like oh yeah um you know uh the the agatha's you know really hinting at you know quicksilver is really mephisto like this stuff marvel thrives on and to be honest they may or may not have an answer and that's okay with them because for us that just demonstrates how invested we are in the brand and it's genius because all this social media that went around trying to figure out all this stuff is all advertising for marvel and it's brilliant man it's i'm not even upset i'm not even upset am i sad that we didn't get it yeah i'm a little bit but i'm not like super disappointed or upset like it's genius. It's I, I, I'm glad that we were starting to speculate. I really am. Even though we were talking about predictions and everything, and it didn't quite pay out, we will talk about some of the things that did pay out through this episode. Speculation is always fun, but it's always a double-edged sword. And I think that that's, that's a huge takeaway that I want us to, to carry with us from this first Marvel show. Uh, if, if I was the person in charge of Netflix right now, I would put on a pair of boots and then start shaking in them because Netflix's whole formula of like, here's a show, binge it all. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't create the kind of conversation as something like The Mandalorian and something like WandaVision. These two shows that Disney Plus has given us have hearkened back to, you know, to the the feeling of prestige TV, the feeling of water cooler TV, the feeling that... Game of Thrones and Lost and Heroes gave us back in the day. 
those kinds of shows are the ones that keep conversations going. I love Cobra Kai. I love Stranger Things. There's not conversations really going about those. They happen. People are, you know, hashtagging them for like a week and then they fizzle away. Why? Because everybody binges. Uh, and, you know, that's, I'm not pointing any fingers. I binge too. Stranger Things season three came out. I was like, okay, nine episodes in a row. Let's go. Um, but this is something different. And because of it, we have spent nine weeks, Ryan, which is an insane amount of time when you think about it. We spent nine weeks talking about friggin' Agatha Harkness and like, Mephisto's hair. And <laughs> I spent nine weeks talking about this shit, but I love it. Now it is a double-edged sword when it, when it's uh, when you get speculation that's heavy like this, because a lot of times when fans are really rabid and sweaty like us, we tend to let the speculation get ahead of the show. That happens all the time yep. that that happened on lost. And what happened? Millions of people were disappointed because the show didn't fit in with their expectations. The show had a great ending, which I will go to my dying breath and say the ending of Lost was one of the most emotional, beautiful pieces of television I've ever watched in my life. But there are people out there who are like, oh, they didn't do what I wanted, so it's the worst uh, series ever. And I guarantee you the same thing is going to happen with WandaVision. It did a lot of stuff that was great, but it also didn't do a lot of stuff that everybody was squeezing and itching for and all those YouTube videos of like Magneto and all that, not, <laughs> not, not going to be pleased whoever made that video. And that person, unfortunately, we're not going to go into, I, I would say for the next like two, three months, Ryan, especially after Falcon and Winter Soldier ends, mm-hmm. we're going to see a huge spike in those, oh, I hate them so much. Those stupid clickbait aggregate articles where like, here's 15 reasons why WandaVision was actually a major disappointment. <laughs> uh, and that's, and I guarantee you that it's going to be full of like little things where it's just whatever stooge was writing that article is like, they didn't include what I thought they would. It should really be called, here's 15 theories I had that WandaVision mm-hmm. didn't validate. So therefore I'm about to whine about it. Mm-hmm. that's going to happen a lot. So I want yeah. to lay my cards next to yours on the table, Ryan, and say this finale had stuff I loved. It had a, one or two things I was really not a fan of, but overall, I don't care that none of my theories were fueled. I'm just happy we got a cool ending to a very, very cool show. You know, I I was... First of all, we need to set the tone here, and I think this is one thing that's been completely undermined throughout this thing i mean it was mentioned a little bit uh right at the start and like kind of midway through but i still don't think it was like emphasized enough and that is is like this is the most accurate or the most lively or sorry the most information giving in terms of what happened after the thanos snap because or, or sorry, what after what ha- what happened after the events of Endgame? Because those Spider-Man covered a lot of ground in explaining, like, oh, what happened with the blip? You know, there's been this five-year gap, all this stuff. We still don't know how the Avengers themselves, aside from Spider-Man, felt out of it. And Spider-Man's relatively new. He was only g- given Avenger status during the 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 events of Infinity War. So. Um, in the end, though, the major team that we've invested story into, we haven't seen their their stories yet. And Wanda's didn't disappoint. 
And I will I will argue overall this is this is huge success for Marvel, and it was a risk. And this is where Marvel thrives. Captain America one was a risk. Thor was a risk. Iron Man was a risk. The these are all risk taking stories that they try for. Um, and then once they get it right, they'll they'll escalate and build on it. But this one was a risk. The first two episodes were weird and different. But it was if you just simplify it and look back at the whole overarching story now, which I can't wait to have an Infinity rewatch, like just rewatch it. Um, I can't wait to revisit this because in the end, this is someone who's processing like depression. Like this is mm-hmm. this is sad. Like this is a sad story. And and this episode was just a throwdown. This was just emotions unleashed. Everything like. I don't think the stakes could have been higher. And I know as an actor, the stakes can always be higher. But no, I don't think the stakes could have been higher for this character. It was insane. This was, this was, but this, this did not disappoint. This was Dragon Ball Z of Marvel. Like, and it, what's crazy is also, I will say, is you look at the events of like Endgame and the scale of these battles. Like Wanda's battle was not tame. It was, it was pretty intense and I would say almost as intense as like some of the fights in Infinity War, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, these fights were, you know, I'm looking at them. I'm like, this is some cinematic level CGI. This isn't stuff you normally see on a show. Yeah. And you mentioned a rewatch and I, I just thought in my head right now, I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know technology. So I don't know. I'm sure this is possible. But what I think would be nice, completely, you know, unnecessary like it's not like we demand this but it would be kind of cool is for them now that we have all the episodes are there for them to create like a new 10th file under the wandavision icon where you can watch it all as just one six hour movie without having to like select a new episode just Mm -hmm. to kind of give it that feeling and see if it works the same because now we don't have to worry about you know cliffhangers wait another week you can just whenever an episode would have normally ended you can just kind of cut to black for a second or just cut away i don't think it would require too much editing but i don't know i think that'd be kind of fun to watch it Mm -hmm. like that yeah no absolutely and i i do hope they do that i know in the theaters back when we used to go to theaters um i remember those yeah they would do marathons they would do like marathon events um and i remember they advertised that they would do a marvel phase one day and then a marvel phase two day and i was i was I was excited by the idea of it, but then I realized like you're in a movie theater for like 10, like solid hours, mm-hmm. like no breaks, nothing. Like you're just going constantly. Right. Maybe like about like a five minute break between movies, but you're in there for a long time. Um, but yeah, like I agree. I think that this, this kind of platform, I think this is where you want to really mesh them all together. Um, because again, I, I like, like i want to listen back to our podcast now because like those first two episodes when they aired them it was weird it was weird to be given that for the for the week to marinate with but it also was a good tone setter because you're you're already asking the question the obvious question which is what is going on yeah and uh, thankfully they gave us those two in a row because that would have been nuts if after two weeks we finally see the splash of color and we still don't know anything about what's going on outside so i'm i'm glad that like i think it was paced perfectly with how they spread that love 
around. Mm -hmm. So let's start this episode by talking about what Hayward referred to as, I think he called it Project Cataract, Mm -hmm. which I think was a perfect term for white vision because a cataract is literally a a thing on your eye that impedes your vision. Uh, So I've just been taken to calling him Cataract in my head. I don't know if that's an official name from the comics or if they just made that up for the show. But Just call the vision, man. Just, just call the vision. Oh, wow. So they just made it up for this show then, and that is brilliant. Um, I want some beautiful action figures of Vision and Cataract because they both looked great. Uh, and their fight kind of lasted for almost half the whole episode. They were just up in the sky the whole time just bombarding each other. And despite the fact that we got completely trolled by Paul Bettany, that fight was everything i hoped it would be it was and 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 this is this is that example of investment right like we were we were invested as fans and i you know normally in a, in a situation like this if it were a director being like oh we got a big cameo and then this kind of thing happens a lot of fans would be upset but at the same time you love marvel too much to be really upset about these kind of things i mean <laughs> Bettany really trolled the fans on this one, like super, super well. But at the same time, I'm not disappointed uh, in terms of the things. Now, I do remember being told that Doctor Strange would make a cameo in this. And I was told by some Marvel sources that this was going down, like that that the stories would tie in. But again, it could be all misinterpretation at this point. Um, however, I do have a way to talk about this. So I'm, we're going to get to it in a minute. Uh, anyway, so the fight. Vision fight. When... As someone who appreciates action movies like I do, I've I've watched many B level, C level, um, but also A level action movies, and you know you want the fight to feel like a wrestling match. You want the wrestler to come in, have that intro, and just you know have that presence that makes you be like, "This is gonna be a match." And Vision comes in, and, and or uh, yes, Project Cataract Vision comes in and just takes on Scarlet Witch right then and there, holds her up, and just Ooh. like, and I thought you were powerful. And like, so brilliant. And then Vision, the, the real Vision comes, well, the quote-unquote real Vision comes in, uh, and then the throwdown starts, and I love it. It was such Vision fighting by density shifting, um, just the, the, crunch, the crunches of the punches, and, uh, and on top of that, just the beam shooting. Like, it was, it was Vision unleashed as much as it was Scarlet Witch unleashed, and it was uh, the fight was just to drool over. As someone who loves fight scenes, um, CG fight scenes, you're always worried that it's not going to play out nicely. Um, but Marvel seems to have found the right balance when it comes to using CG in a fight scene. But the cool thing is, too, is first of all, Cataract Vision looked amazing. I love the updates they did to the suit. It looked more robotic, um, but still like giving them that kind of human look. Um, and yeah, just I love that they wrecked the town. Like, a lot of collateral damage in this one. The, the RV exploded, like windows crushed, walls broken. It was wicked. It was also scary, though, too, because, again, the stakes were so high. We saw Agatha rope in the kids. And I, I even texted you. I'm like, man, I totally forgot that this started on like some pretty high stakes with her holding the kids hostage and then <laughs> the casting of the spells. Yeah, they, they um, didn't really pull any punches i think with the vision cataract fight like it wasn't i was expecting it to be awkward because it's the same actor and that can always get awkward when you have two actors fighting each other yeah uh but it didn't feel that way at all and it looked gorgeous and it sounded gorgeous and then to have it end with that 
debate about the ship of Theseus paradox and like turned into a battle of wits. I'm like, th- that was my favorite part. It's oh, just so the, good. Like, ah, the, the fact that he, he finds the core of vision through this, this exchange. Uh, and then it's like a, a, a switch is flipped and all of a sudden cataract he's, he's computerized. They're gone, baby. There's no more computerized. Now it's just good old Paul Benton, mm-hmm. baby blues. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he flies away for for uh, future unknown. Um, the, the but the action was very cool, and I I I know you're a big action guy. So if I if it pleases you, I know that it's it's good all around. If you it's could done, recommend it's right. exactly, it's done the job. If you could recommend one C list action movie for our listeners, what do you recommend for them? C list. Uh, hold on. Oh. <laughs> dead or alive just, oh my god the volleyball girls <laughs> it is it is some some of the coolest fight scenes are in there but the story is just brutal and the casting is weird but in the end there are some really cool things that they do that are just pretty fun to watch um but whew, it's 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 an experience man <laughs> that's a good choice i like Mm -hmm. that one Mm -hmm. dead or alive everybody look it up it's not on disney plus thank god but it's somewhere it's somewhere out there in the ether (laughs) right but we should also get into the the battle of witches and i i like this because you also got to understand the multi-genre approach that marvel has done like this is not an easy task to do it's been Mm -hmm. tried and it's been it's failed before but this kind of sci-fi witch battle was amazing. It was so fun. And, and what's interesting about it is, is again, um, I like the idea that magic has rules. And, yeah. and so the kind of clever thing they did to keep the, the, the suspense moving through the, the whole thing is that they establish what those rules are. Um, so you are all, what's what's interesting is in a fight scene, you know, the hero is going to win in most and in, in, you know who the hero is, you know who the villain is. And we know that the hero is going to come out. We just need to know how they're going to do it. But what I think is interesting about the rules of magic is, is that the that that changes the narrative of how the hero is going to win constantly, because um, as you can see, it's like, OK, the hero could just easily do this but you can't because there's this going on and then it becomes uh, different layers. And Wanda's battle was just so interesting because that played out throughout the entire finale was okay. Wanda, Wanda is like the most powerful witch. So she should be able to topple her with the power. doesn't work that way because Agatha can, can absorb it. So, okay. Now the rules have changed and it keeps, there's, there's extra layers as we go. So, talks about the, the giant hex over the city. Narrative changes. Okay, so she can't use the city, uh, so she's going to try to tear it down. But she can't do that, because then if she does, then she loses vision. And then now it's two versus one. So there's all these constant constant uh, elements that are always changing the, the narrative of the battle. Yeah, and I you're absolutely right about the like just how hard it would be to squeeze this in to this world like the mcu is a world it's a world where the the movie the winter soldier and the movie iron man exist mm-hmm. 
and everything kind of revolves around science and how even like the most far-fetched things like Asgard are, you know, we're, we're not magic. We're just, and we're not gods. We're just beings from another dimension, whatever. So yeah. how do you take this world where those are the rules and be like, yes, but also witches. And by the way, their magic is color coded because mm -hmm. it's Marvel and everything's color coded. And I love that so much. Even my books have color coded magic in them. So <laughs> good on, good on you, Marvel. Uh, like, how do you fit that square peg into this round hole? Mm -hmm. And they do it. They do it and they do it in a way where it feels seamless. Like there's never, without even pointing at it without even having the characters say oh, you know look at this look how different these are we got just the visual of that scene last week where all those witches are shooting blue fire at agatha and she's like no nope, purple that you know there's no dialogue saying look at her magic it's different from ours you don't need it we take one look and we're like that means something else and yes. we've known wanda for all this time we've known she's got the red we know she's different too and the the whole idea of like, yes, the hero has to win. How are they going to win? It becomes a matter. Of, and I think the best ways that these things can happen, the best ways heroes can win uh, a fight is by changing the game without changing the rules. Uh, so if you're in a chess match and you're constantly being put in check, you I think the best stories win by not playing chess anymore, but by swapping it for battleship and throwing mm -hmm. the villain off. Yes. And that's exactly what we got here because mm -hmm. she does something that is, it doesn't go against the rules of Marvel that Marvel has set. It actually takes us back to some very original rules because Wanda uses the power from age of Ultron on Agatha. And I'm just like, yes, that's what you do, girl. You go back to what worked before. Agatha hasn't shown us that she's been able to do that. So you flip that on her. You're still using your witchcraft, mm -hmm. but you're not, it's not just like, I'm going to shoot a beam at you. Yeah. And all of a sudden tables turned. Absolutely. And, and the cool thing is about this witch witchcraft fight. Um, uh, first of all, I can, I can see so many fans just loving this, like just eating up. Like we're talking cosplayers are going to have a field day with this, with this episode in general cosplayers um, priests <laughs> that's it just those two groups well i mean like i mean like you know people who do vision like they they get some new approaches to vision but i mean even agatha and and uh and agatha's outfit i love that we actually i thought it was just going to be a tease that we see the kind of old agatha outfit but again they modernized it so well and we get to see her wear it quite a bit um and then oh my god the the scarlet the scarlet witch reveal um now the cool thing is is that the scarlet witch reveal is interesting because agatha actually drops um the book again and makes reference to the book but now we finally get the name and you texted me right away uh you were just like oh my god dark hold like oh the wow dark hold. now this is where i gotta call on your comics knowledge sir yeah. tell us about the dark hold i know there's a group called the dark hold redeemers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i learned that from those skybox cards but that's all i know right so the okay the dark hold book okay so this is this is the book this is like the Book of Dark Magic, which is interesting because this book uh, has uh, kind of came from the dark dimension. So great for kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great read for kids. 
Um, now, th- th- this book has had different owners in the whole nine yards. Um, it's It's been through, it's like, like before the dawn of time, okay? So I have my notes here. I got to kind of go through it. Um, so this has gone through the dawn of time. It was actually uh, created by an evil elder god known as Sethon. Cthon? I think it's Cthon. C-H-T-H-O-N. Cthon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a demigorg uh, of essentially the god eater, um, which is interesting because in Thor Ragnar- or uh, the next Thor movie, uh, they have the god butcher. So yes. there could be some relation there. The god uh, butcher cuts up some god meat and the god eater is like, thank you. And he puts it in a pot, wraps it up and takes it home. Yeah, exactly. Right. So now the interesting thing about um, about this book is if you want to look at it from a fantasy perspective, it's kind of like the Nepro- Necronomicon. It's like this the source of evil, right? Um, so Doctor Strange is kind of the current owner of this book. Um, he's a protector of it. He doesn't use it because it's because of the power. I mean, we've already seen the examples of this story um, kind of in Doctor Strange where he talks about how he talks about how um, you know you can't you can't use uh, Dormammu's power in order to keep you alive to represent good because in the end, you know, uh, you know, power corrupts and absolute power, you know, corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've already kind of seen ex- an example of this. Now, the cool thing about this book is, like I said, it's like the source of evil. Right. But there's some cool things that it has. It, it can conjure dark magic, uh, which is where Agatha gets her power from um here's the fun one you ready for this it's the uh it also contains the origins of vampirism Ooh, yeah because i know i and literally again i i can only go back to these trading cards for reference but that trading card of the darkhold redeemers Mm -hmm. had a group of people on it like five or six people the one front and center was like this Remember, this was the 90s, folks. So it was this girl in like leather dominatrix BDSM fetish <laughs> apparel. Uh, yep. But behind her was Blade. Yes. He yes, was one of the, the Darkhold Redeemers. So our first whiff of Blade. Yeah, exactly. And this is where I think the Doctor Strange thing comes into play a little bit because Doctor Strange, um, I think, will possess this book at some point. Um, now the interesting thing you messaged me about this, uh, is that Dr. Strange, uh, with the dark hole book, um, first of all, uh, Agatha mentions that, you know, this chaos magic is enough to beat the sorcerer Supreme. And that is a factual moment in the comic during the events of house of M and near the end, uh, Dr. Strange comes in and hypnotizes her and then kind of resets the whole thing. I kind of agree that they probably shouldn't have done Doctor Strange coming in to save the world because we this is this is about Wanda's strength, like her yeah. ability to endure. So to put Doctor Strange in there might have kind of kind of just hurt that, you know what I mean? Like really kind of it would have been more of Doctor Strange story at the end being like he rescues everybody. So yeah. I like that I like that they did that. Um so yeah, this book though, so this book um in the end is like it also gives access to Dormammu and and you know, it's also it helps helps Mephisto and, and also stuff like that. Um, this book has a lot of history also with the Eternals. So we might actually see some uh, Eternals stuff uh, thrown in there as well. 
Um, so there's this book actually does become a Rosetta Stone, I think, in the MCU for potential stories that could all connect, such as Doctor Strange, Blade, and even the Eternals. I love it. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that that was uh, like that's one of my favorite little seeds because there are a lot of seeds for the future mm-hmm. in this episode, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that all the theories in the world didn't really count on is yes. seeds for the future. All, all the theories seem to be about what's going to happen in WandaVision, not so much about what is WandaVision going to set the stage for later right. down the road. And there's more mm-hmm. of that after. But at this point in the story, we've the Darkhold makes me so happy and I love that it's orange. Yeah. Uh, but at this point in the story, we get to my least favorite part of the episode. Ooh. And that is the sort of culmination, if you will, uh, or rather the answer to what's up with Quicksilver. Yes, yes. Okay, I was actually about to question like what your what your yeah what your disappointment was, but I also agree this was kind of a. But I think it's 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 um it's a it's a tool of magic which is misdirection. I think. I think we're meant to be deceived that Quicksilver is not, we shouldn't be looking into Quicksilver. I hope this is a misdirection. I hope there's more because here's the thing. You and I were like gung-ho, like little kids for Beast. Right? Yeah. We were like, Beast is going to show up. Beast didn't show up. That's nobody's fault but our own. Because we we drew that conclusion. We got excited. That's that's no the that's fact the that magic of Marvel. Win, that's, that's the, the magic. magic of Marvel. It's yeah. nobody's fault but our own. Yep. Just because Beast wasn't in it doesn't mean we hate WandaVision. It just, we we jumped on that train with love in our hearts and it didn't take us to the station we wanted, but it got us there and it got us there in time and the food on the train was really good. Mm-hmm. So that is not a reason, that's not a cause for concern or a cause for complaint. What I do have a problem with is when you go to the trouble of casting Evan Peters, I mean, as far as I have heard, it's not like the the Age of Ultron Quicksilver guy said no, as far mm-hmm. as I've heard. Maybe he has. But you go through the trouble of casting the other Quicksilver, the only case like in existence where there's two actors playing the same guy in different franchises under different studio banners, and you make it this big deal, and you talk about how we're finally merging, eventually going to merge all the Fox, all the mutants, all the Fantastic Four into the MCU. How are we going to do it? Stay tuned. And then you wheel this guy out as this big cliffhanger moment and be like, wow, look what we did. And then say he's an actor named Ralph Boner. That's deliberately lying to your audience. That's deliberately being like, ah, no, no, just kidding. And that is on them. The beast thing is on us. That's our own fault for getting ahead of ourselves and, and like wanting beast. But that is on them. And I, so I hope you're right in the sense that there's that is in fact the introduction of the other Quicksilver and what and it's going to lead to something actually more appealing mm-hmm. and more profound than I'm just an actor named Ralph Boner who happens to be played by Evan Peters. Well, hey, because that is misdirection for the sake of misdirection, and it's it's not cool. I think it, but okay. So what I'm trying to say here is is I, I think. I don't know if how you're interpreting right now how I'm saying misdirection because I think you're right in terms of I I think that you're not I'm not saying you're wrong here I think that the way I'm I want to make sure that I'm clear in terms of delivering what I'm saying with misdirection 
I agree with you. This is something that sucks because it kind of, if it becomes a dead end and you never want your viewers to feel like it's a dead end. And exactly like this is, this is the opposite of that Marvel magic we were talking about because we're so invested in WandaVision's world. We're starting to question like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Like, you know, like, which is good. That's, that's where you want your viewers. And I, that's where I think Kevin Feige and his creative team are brilliant at. Um, is like is doing that now the flip side of that is again i think what they're this is one of those things where i think kevin feige and the creative team are trying to talk to us but not deliberately say what what it means um and when i say that they're talking to us i say that it's one of those things like it's one of those reassurances that like look mutants are coming but this is not what you're looking for so, for example, like everyone's like, "Oh, Evan Peters in X Men," so that means we're gonna get like, um, we're gonna get uh, the actress who plays Sansa Stark to come back as Jean Grey. We're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get Olivia Munn as Psylocke. We're gonna get, you know, all these people back, and and everyone's happy, right? Um, I think what that means is is like Kevin Feige is trying to say to us, like, "Look, mutants are coming, but they're not gonna be who you think they are." Right. Yeah. Because because it would have been again, had that been a Quicksilver payoff, then it would have let us down that road of like, OK, so does that mean like all the X-Men characters are like coming through the alternate dimension kind of thing? Like, you see what I mean? Like, you don't want to like, I think it was a smart dead end. Does it 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 emotionally it sucks. It does. It feels really crappy. But but at the same time, it's it's logically it's smart because it's setting the expectations a certain way without deliberately saying it right like kevin Feige doesn't have to go on the internet tomorrow and be like yes okay we're doing mutants now and this is what we're doing right like it right now it's it's like okay guys don't worry mutants are coming here's quicksilver to kind of you know set that set that expectation but we're not going to cast them the same way i think that that they're talking to their fans and this is the symbolism of it I see. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. I, I think as long as it doesn't get into just a territory of just like teasing and trolling. Yeah. Because then that is like, you're wasting precious time in the story that could be devoted to something that actually matters. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. and this is where I agree with you, why it feels disappointing because mm-hmm. with WandaVision, we only get, and I think this episode was was pretty much the hour like this was the one hour episode we were looking for and and as you could see like we didn't want to waste a minute and because everything needs to be explained everything every answer because as far as we know this is the only wandavision we're getting and i'm pretty sure they confirmed at this point i think it's actually official that they're only doing one season yeah that's what they planned for so at this point you do need to wrap up the story and that's why you cannot waste a minute and yes, I agree with you that it's kind of like, kind of feels like a dirty joke and it's not, it's not like funny. It's just kind of weird, like the, that kind of weird humor. But at the same time, this is, I think this is one of those things where it's actually a smarter thing for the, for the people in the, the front of the, the cinema, as my brother would describe it, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, again, like, guys, don't worry, mutants are coming. Here's Quicksilver, but we're not going to cast the same, all the maybe even all the same people. We're not going to use every single same person. We just want to set that expectation for you. So this is why we did it this way. Yeah. I, I think that like they just have to be careful how they use 
that tactic because yes. if if we had gotten Ultron Quicksilver, yeah, that would have been exciting to me. Even though I I actually don't like that actor, the guy who plays him in Ultron. I don't know what it is. I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life, but he's just he does nothing for me. But if mm-hmm. he had shown up, that would have been like an exciting pop for me because I'm like, oh my god, we get to see Quicksilver again. And then Evan Peters is a different layer on top of that. And it's, it turned it into something like all, I think all Kevin could have done is just, you know, when he's describing WandaVision in a press conference or whatever, all he, all he had to say was like exactly what you're saying, Ryan is like, guys, mutants are coming, uh, but it's going to be fresh faces. That's it. That's all he would have had to say. To say it like this is a bit sneaky. And again, like you, you would have gotten the same amount of joy out of me with Ultron Quicksilver just without this this mm. thread that ended up not being a thread. And like, you know how Sebastian Stan, everybody's like, Sebastian Stan should play young Luke because he looks just like Luke. Yeah. Imagine if in Mandalorian, we didn't get that Mark Hamill thing, but instead we got Sebastian Stan is on the show and he shows up and he's in a hood and all, all you know, it's all mysterious, whatever. And he's using the force. And then at one point he puts down his hood. He's like, my name is Frank. <laughs> like, that's that's what's go- that feels like like you don't need to do that just give us that ending mm-hmm. and then throw luke at us we don't see it coming no. and we're all the more pleased so i i i, I get 100 percent what you're saying and you're right it's it's i think it's smart to move away from fox's mm-hmm. people and just use fresh faces but i don't think that was the smartest way to to tell that yeah. to the fans and you're totally right and and i this is this is where we just you know agree to disagree kind of thing yeah. and and i i like that though because again this goes back to interpretation which was where the marvel magic takes place right like did we get beast no we i feel like we should have because the way the evidence was starting to stack up but at the same time you're right like if they're gonna do this they should just come out and say like look we're doing the mutants which he did say he said there will be mutants uh, but he didn't say how he was going to cast them or whatever. As far as we know, it's all speculation. So, but this is this is that this is the Marvel conversation, and this is yeah. this is when you recognize how invested you are. So, I totally agree with you with that. So, and 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 that was like a good five minute sequence. Like it was cool to see him flex his power a little bit, and 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 seeing oh my god, Spectrum in full action mode, like. Ooh, man, that was cool. She's like um, the Flash. She's catching yeah. bullets all over the place. Well, and and yes, this is... So let's talk about that, too, because this point, we... Yes, so Spectrum breaks out and gets out of there and does her thing, which is awesome. Uh, the other thing that was really cool was that... Um, the other thing that was really cool was we do get her back to the town, and, and, and I like how Agatha is using the people and waking them up. And I almost had a moment where I'm, I was going to text you and be like, oh, my God, Arcana, because Dottie had the yellow coming off her face. But yeah. remember that Vision did that with a ton of different people. He would use yellow electricity, if you will, to, to wake them up. Yeah. Um, so there was there was a, like five seconds. I was starting to text you and I was like, <gasps> and I was like, wait a minute. And then, <laughs> and then I realized like, okay. And this was another good, this is another good way to debunk those things, Easter eggs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this one was not the Quicksilver kind of debunk. This was just kind of like, okay, good try guys. Not, mm-hmm. not where we're going with this, right? Moving on. And so that was fun. Um, but yeah, seeing Spectrum come in and again, I love how, marvel designs powers i actually watched uh the bonus features of 
uh, Age of Ultron, and they were talking about how to design Quicksilver. And the process they used to do it is is absolutely incredible. And seeing her absorb those bullets was so cool. Yeah. she lo- and, and the more I looked at her this episode, like I, I was thinking back to what you said back when we first met her on this show. And I'm like, God, like she looks exactly like a Fantastic Four character. Like that outfit, I like I am convinced now when they eventually show up, they're going to be part of S.W.O.R.D. Because that outfit is exactly like their outfit like it's almost funny how similar it is honestly you just change the tones and then instead of the sword logo in the middle it's a fantastic four icon and boom there you go fantastic four outfit (laughs) yeah i mean it's that it is that simple it's that simple and i i think that movie is gonna sneak up on us i think it's 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 coming up sooner like the seeds for it are gonna come up sooner than we think well okay Speaking of that, because we got the official title of Spider-Man, um, yeah. and and that means uh, we're going to see a trailer soon. And I'm assuming that I'm I'm actually pretty sure that uh, uh, John Webb, I think it is John Webb, uh, Mark Webb, Mark Webb. Oh no 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 no! You're, we're we're both mixing them up. Uh, Mark and- Webb did Amazing Spider-Man. John Watts. John Watts. Yes, yeah. that's right. John Watts. Yes, we were mixing that. Up. <laughs> uh, yeah, we created so, a new human out of our mix-up. <laughs> so John Watts, uh, I uh, I think that he's close to wrapping production on Spider-Man, which means he's. I'm pretty sure he's already started on Fantastic Four. I'm pretty sure because you, you got to understand, like the editors are probably working like crazy, but they have to present to him where where they're at with their editing, and then he will make his necessary mentions and stuff but i i don't know how hands-on the process is for editing or how far they're in it but i would imagine they're pretty close to being done if they already have a trailer on the way essentially so um i would say that dude is is seconds away or i'm i'm assuming he's starting or if not has already started on fantastic four yeah i think the script is is if i would guess i'd say it's almost done yeah i'd say his script is almost done and then boom green light start production or start pre rather do some mm. uh, some pre visualization and then before you know it we're sitting in a theater with vaccines watching Fantastic Four. Yes, That's just gonna happen. To ah, so uh. we we finish off after after defeating Agatha and turning her back into Agnes, um, which I think was was a really really funny way because it, it I love how they didn't play that moment for laughs, but she's still there. She's like okie dokie artichoke like it. <laughs> It, it really actually was crawls. creepy. It's yeah. really, it crawls, like it gets under your skin. And it does. I, I really want to just point out real quick too. Uh, I love the vision logic fight um, mm-hmm. because that is a Marvel way of fighting. Yeah. Like that's, it, it felt very reminiscent to the comics where they use logic to out, to outsmart the villain. Um, and I just wanted to point that out like that. I, I can't remember what movie we talked about, but um they used science to end up figuring out how to stop a villain and that's how marvel does it man like that's- i think that movie was uh fast and furious tokyo drift that's the one you're thinking of. uh no. <laughs> uh definitely not um no it was i can't remember who it was but it was it was definitely like when spider-man fights like sometimes he just like speaks from the heart in order to like you know w- like to dissuade a villain or mm-hmm. or to to Put a villain in a spot where they start to question themselves and then he he 
web them up kind of thing. Especially with like Dr. Octopus or some, somebody yeah. who's like got a similar mind. Yeah, if you want to see like really good examples of that Marvel kind of fighting is the Spider-Man animated series. Like every battle he does, it's all like a battle of heart and will. Um, and and you see like even the last, the, the season finale battle with like Spider-Carnage that like that plea of like trying to get him to understand what's happening is so good and it brings such gravity uh, but there is a marvel movie where they did that where they they use the the like this kind of heart and will to beat the villain um and it was like science i want to say it was ant-man but i could be wrong um but yeah i can't remember who it was anyway um oh it was dr strange it was oh, dr strange yes. yeah, and it was right. at the end when he when he tricked Dormammu into being trapped into the constant loop. That's yeah. like that's such a marble way. But yes, going back to Agatha, I will say during that fight, what I really loved is how dark it got. Like I love seeing Wanda age so much, and then um, and then I love that they used and the classic Marvel move. They used a trick that she would use in past movies, which was the mind control technique, which she used in Age of Ultron, which again. It's kind of a whole full circle, brilliant move, small move, small gesture, but it's a full circle move and brings her back to the coven. And I love that, the, again, ch constantly changing the rules. And it was just so much fun to, to digest. And you know how I said I wanted action figures of Vision and Cataract? Mm -hmm. I got to, you got to slide them over and make some room on my shelf because the Scarlet Witch costume. Wow. Yeah. This isn't oh, a sarcastic man. clap, even though it's slow. I'm not clapping yeah. sarcastic. Oh, man. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, with Wanda, I will say a lot of people were like, okay, Civil War, like, that's, that's, the, new, that's the new Wanda, right? But that's not Scarlet Witch. Like, that's what we – I think I think what's the beautiful thing about this is, is what Marvel is doing is they'll give us the character, but they won't give us the hero until, like, the hero is established. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and Wanda, don't get me wrong. She's been well-established for a while, but, but that's that, but it was smart to stretch it out as far as they can because her character needed to be, there's still some part of her story that needed to be resolved. And once that happened, and then we get the full actualization of, of Scarlet Witch in that costume. Oh my God. Oh, and she looked yeah. amazing yeah. like straight up amazing cosplayers what? i challenge you i want to see i want to see attempts at that outfit like it is so meticulously designed i love the update in the crown that there's like some sort of design in it i'm going to dissect that design because i feel like there's something in there that we're not seeing even yeah, it looks royal it actually looks like in the comics it just looks like a thing on her head yeah, like it's like like Wolverine's thing. It's like I, you don't really need that, but fine, you know, mm -hmm. you do you, baby. But this actually looks like a crown. Like there's yeah. a reason she's wearing it. Ah, uh, yeah, yummy. No, it's so good. And and I will say that like there there is it seems to still there seems to be some hints. And this is again that Marvel conversation, which it seems to be the theme of this episode. Um, seems to be the conversation is is like there's more to the story there's mephisto or something something's going on because um agatha did say you don't know what you're doing like you do not know what you're doing and she seems to have these piercing red eyes so 
I mean, I think I think the Mephisto discussion is not off the table yet. I don't I don't think it is. Absolutely not. No, yeah. She she has no idea what she's done. I have a theory about the future. And if I oh, forget about yeah. it, remind me. We're gonna get to it in a second. But yeah. I need to I need to give a shout out to oh, yes. to two things here. Uh one of them is that uh the theater, the movie theater, um that we see towards the end is playing a movie called Tannhauser gate. Mm-hmm. And that is not in a movie in real life, but it is the, the place where a battle took place in Blade Runner. And when Roy Batty is giving his speech, oh. he's also an Android like vision. And they kind of look the same. He says, I was there at Tannhauser gate. Uh, and that leads me to the main shout out I want to give, which is to whoever writes visions dialogue because between what he says in civil war about uh, you know accountability and power and mm-hmm. and what he said last week causality about, causality thank you and what he said last week about what is grief but you know love persevering to this week where he he wanda gets in on the fun too when they're saying their final goodbye mm-hmm. and it's the beautiful moment i wanted it to be and it was just as juicy as i'd hoped for and they say we've said goodbye before it stands to reason we'll say hello again. God damn it. The is that feels, the feels. Is that ever beautiful? So how beautiful. is Vision's dialogue so good time after time? Somebody tell me how. Someone, again, this is, this is that emotional writing, man. Someone must have gone through something and that's like, that's the kind of phrases they had. Um, I remember, I remember they were saying, uh, the guys from Avatar were saying that Iroh was based off of a mentor they had. And, and that's oh, why wow. his, his like phrases about helping, you know, and like learning and all that stuff. Those are all things the mentor like told him. Um, I and, would pay untold amounts of money to meet that dude in real meet life. Meet the mentor of Iroh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly. Um, I would, I would even argue uh, Ma, Ma, Maz, Maz, Maz from uh, Force Awakens was based on uh, a teacher that J.J. Uh, Abrams had. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that that writing must come from those kind of sources because again, it's those it's those kind of like passing the torch lines that you, you, it's not something you just it's not something you just write or be inspired to write. You must have known somebody that 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 spoke to you in that way. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've written a lot of books that mm. I am very proud of, but I can't think off the top of my head any line of dialogue in any of those books that is anywhere near as profound. And beautiful as we've said goodbye before, it stands to reason we'll say hello again. I, I will say, though you may not have the profound lines, your characters do go through emotional torment, and, and you <laughs> you do have to read through it, like like side strollers in the beginning of the book, like when you're reading about uh, the main character, and he's just uh, he's just going through hell, man. Like <laughs> he's on the couch for like days, and he's just eating pizza. Like it's 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 painful to get through, like. Yeah, a, a profound one-liner would have been nice in there, but no, you got to read through that emotion. You got to go through every every grueling detail to feel the character's pain. Uh, bless you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah, but, that pizza was gross. It had his hair in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, but uh, going back to uh, going back to the writing, yeah, it's it's incredibly done. Um, I I loved the way Wanda resolved everything, the, the goodbye moments were really heartfelt. Um, there was something I wanted to get to about that. 
Um, I, I also think that one person we're not talking about enough of is Jimmy Woo. Love Jimmy. Love me some Jimmy, mm. man. Give me more Jimmy. He escaped from his handcuffs using magic. He did. I love, but I love the evolution of that character. And, and I hope this theme of like playing, um, oh, I remember where I wanted to go after this. Okay. Yes. So I hope this theme of, of characters evolving in the, inter, in the interconnectivity of stories, I hope that continues to play out. I really do. Um, because it, Darcy and Jimmy were great examples of characters that deserve more story. But not only that, they, their stories were elevated like completely on a whole new level that were that was just so much fun to to watch and absorb um so that being said uh yes with alluding to mephisto and talking about vision going off and all this stuff you know where is mcu going like we now we have a week break next week we have a week off uh to to collect ourselves <laughs> get back all in uh get everything all sorted out um and then it's right back into it with falcon and the winter soldier i cannot wait uh the stakes are high T conversations are already going i think this is going to be a great look at project rebirth uh and i think we might get a look into the weapons program which i talked about in a past wandavision episode um i actually think that they might be introducing the young avengers i think that actually might be the next avengers movie um it's mm. not going to come for a while I don't think it's going to come for a while, but I definitely have a feeling that we're getting the Young Avengers. We already have three of them being, uh, three of them have already been introduced. We have, um, we have Miss Marvel, we have Wiccan, and we have Speed already. That's three out of seven members. So I think we're well on our way. And the reason why I say this is because uh, the fourth member might be introduced in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, and I think that is Patriot because patriot is the son of isaiah bradley and isaiah bradley is in falcon winter soldier and falcon winter soldier um isaiah bradley was one of the few to actually have a, a successful um a successful uh, attempt at recreating the uh, captain america uh formula super soldier formula so Ooh, yeah well we're definitely getting a lot of youngsters mm -hmm. in phase four it's full of young folk so oh, I don't, and we got I, kate bishop so that's already we four we're missing kate bishop three. wait is she showing up in falcon and winter soldier too oh i don't know that's a good question i don't know i i think marvel's very careful about who they introduce and i think they learned that lesson from civil war because they wanted to introduce wasp but they already said like there was like you're introducing black panther or you're introducing you know uh you're reintroducing ant-man and ant-man you introduce giant man so it's like if we added wasp it just wouldn't and spider-man yeah like and spider-man of course like yeah. you're already getting a lot so i don't know maybe it is a two-character rule maybe they only can introduce two characters in a project at a time to 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 give them enough groundwork right like who knows Wu might have a bigger story because he's might be a big interconnected character so you already had Wu, and you already had you know spectrum um who knows Maybe. I mean, and, and like if they're if they're seed characters, then, yeah, you don't want to plant too many seeds, especially in a movie like Civil War that had like a bajillion characters. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of the future, I I think that there's something cool that we're going to get. So we know that Cataract is out there somewhere. Yeah. He said, I'm Vision and he flew away. Now, as much as please don't hate me for saying this, everybody. Paul Bettany is amazing. 
Vision is a treasure, but I, I kind of wish he was dead and dead is dead, right? Because now that's another thing from Infinity War mm-hmm. that has been taken away. You know, that's another high stake of Infinity War that we've lost. Like the snap, undone. Gamora, yeah, she's dead, but now we got her back through time travel. Vision, dead, and now back. Like, stop undoing death. Don't be J.J. Abrams. You know, just let death be death. So I hope if we see Cataract again, which we probably will, I hope it's fleetingly. You know, I hope he's not just like, I'm green again and I'm back on the team. Like, make it more profound because then Infinity War, looking back, really, like, you know, in 15 years when we're rewatching phases one through six, we're going to look at Infinity War at that point and be like, wow, nothing in this movie matters anymore. And that's sad. I don't want that to happen. So keep Cataract away from us for a while if you can help it. Um, but here's what I think we're going to get, Ryan. And I'm, I'm really I'm really psyched for this. And I know you- Bring it on, buddy. Bring it on. So, you know, I can't remember what the line of dialogue was. I wish I, I did. But in Infinity War, when all the heroes are kind of talking, and I think it's when Vision says like, I've got to get the stone out of me or whatever. And they're all trying to figure out how are we going to do this. And Captain America says something along the lines of, I have an idea. And then you hear some jungle drums. And then we cut and we see the giant panther statue of Wakanda, right? Yeah. And the people in the audience around the world, they, they go bananas. They're like, oh my God, Wakanda, right? And you do like, you get the Black Panther theme, right? That was a Marvel moment. Am I right? That gives it a better... It's it's a it's a beautiful moment in a movie full of beautiful moments. So here's what I think is going to happen. Let's say I'm thinking this happens maybe in I don't know, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness or like Avengers yeah. Five, uh, whatever you know, some some big movie down the road. Same kind of thing is going to happen where we need we need some something needs to be done. There's a powerful villain, and we we don't have the tools to defeat them. Wanda is going to glance around and say, I think I have an idea. And all of a sudden we see a sign that says Westview. She goes back and talks to Agatha Harkness. That's, that's where I'm going, man. And then people are going to go nuts, especially if the threat they're dealing with is on a Mephisto level. Boom. Could, well, we, okay. So we do know Dr. Strange's villain is Nightmare. We know Nightmare is a villain. And we also know um we also know that baron mordo is also apparently reported to return as well mm. um so what i think is interesting is i think kevin feige has developed the language and we need to start paying a little closer attention because we focus on we focus on for example the text message to the aerospace engineer when we should be focusing on Things like, things like where Cap says, you know, uh, or Nick Fury says, you know, you World War II guys did some pretty sketchy stuff, and he's like, yeah, we did stuff that we weren't proud of, and that didn't help us sleep at night. Those are those are the clues we need to be deep diving into because I think those clues are going to play a bigger role. Vision's line about causality it was was perfectly placed because I think uh, we're seeing that very theme. And everything now, uh, Wanda's Wanda's you know world, Wanda's vision, if you will. Um, there was a causality mm-hmm. to it, right? There's there's all these things. Um, uh, so 
so I think we need to be smarter about looking into these details. Speaking of that, and speaking of shout outs, um, we need to talk about uh, one of our viewers who reached out to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, reached out to us in the uh, last episode, I believe it was. Uh, and I am looking up Jonathan E. Davis. Jonathan uh, Davis. Yes. Um, he was explaining about the stone, and we were actually pretty much on point. Um, that that vision's essence was in Wanda, which Wanda was able to create a version of him. So Jonathan Eve Davis, man, shout outs. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. We really appreciate that. Um, really, really appreciate it. Uh, and yes, so that was a great question. But I, that's also the theme of what I'm talking about is look for those hints. Those are the keys to how Kevin Feige is building this world. I really think that with Falcon and Winter Soldier, Cap talked about you know, yeah, we did things we that didn't make us sleep at night. I think that's what we're going to see. And we're going to see, I think we're going to see the creation of the government's approach to trying to recreate Project Rebirth, where they try the weapons program and they go through we weapons one, through weapons 10, which gives us weapon X, gives us Wolverine. But I really think that that's how it's going to go down. I think they're going to try weird, weird science experiments. And we're going to see what evil looks like from that and then realize that the government which which brings me back to civil war and talking about how cap was like and this is where i think the whole falcon winter soldier story is based on when he looked at the sokovia accords and said you know talked about like it's it's run by people with agendas and that's yeah. going to be the source of the entire story of falcon winter soldier i like it i like it and that's coming up soon only two weeks away. Uh, and in the meantime, we either have a week off or who knows, maybe we'll get that uh, alleged 10th episode of WandaVision where the whole thing is just Beast and Mephisto playing cards and waiting by the phone for somebody to invite them. And, and the, phone <laughs> the hex portal just opens up. Okay, it's your turn. Go, go, go. Yeah. Go, go, go. Quick, guys. They're asking for you. Um, Actually, no, I think there's a behind the scenes episode that's coming out next week. Yeah, there is. There's that, like mm -hmm. they do with the Mandalorian, which are great. I love those little round table things. Yeah. Uh, but our, our post credit scenes were, were beautiful. I think they were perfect. We got two of them, like we do at the end of any Marvel movie. Uh, we got more scrolls, which I will admit the scrolls still don't excite me as much because I don't, I have no idea where they're going with it. Uh, but I'm assuming that scroll woman was talking about Talos when she said an old friend of your mom's, right? Yeah. She said he, and I don't know any other males who would be friends of, of Maria Rambo. Technically Fury. Ah, True. Technically ah, Fury. Good um, call, man. I forgot about Fury. Yeah. So technically Fury. Uh, I would say that one was a bit more ambiguous. And again, I think it's got to go back to that language, that theme I was talking about with like language um, <laughs> with Kevin Feige, because I think there's something we're missing with the foreshadowing. If I'm going to break it down and define it, there's something that fans are missing with the foreshadowing. And it's hard because it's hard to go on something someone says, like Cap being like, oh, you know, this uh, this is run by people with agendas. And, you know, you know, what if they send us somewhere we don't want to go? What if they send us somewhere we want to go and or somewhere we think we should go and they don't send us, right? Like all those little things, it's hard to build a theory off of because it's not visual. It's not something tangible. But I really think that those are the clues that are going to lead us to where the story is going next. Um uh, you know um so that's 
that's the interesting like like even iron man was talking about he wasn't tricked he was shown so with wanda so i think that's something about wanda's story that we didn't pick up enough of and and it's hard to build off of so yeah um that's that's where i'm going with that and i forgot what your question was so i feel like i'm missing out on the oh no there was no question no i like that i was just talking about the the, how the scroll the the scroll yeah so Uh, oh yes no so there was a conclusion i was getting to the conclusion was i was getting to is i think there's something in miss marvel that is missed and and though we already did rewatch i think that I, I need to ponder now and, and think about like, like, uh, like about um, like, cause apparently Marvel was saying that this new prototype ship was supposed to end the war. Right. And talk about that. So mm-hmm. there are these clues that we're not picking up of, of enough of that. I think that are there and same with Spider-Man uh, uh, Spider-Man far from home, which I feel like I now need to make sure I rewatch one more time just in case. <laughs> Cause I, I do, I agree with you right now. I'm not as hyped with this, with the scrolls and the secret invasion. Cause I don't get the motivation of the scrolls. My understanding is they're just running from the Kree. So why is there a war? Yeah. And especially cause it's like, you know, far from home was the last thing. And then this, and they both have, they both end with a post credit scroll scene. And I'm just like, I, the scrolls aren't, you know, I got no investment in the scrolls yet. And yeah. I think what we have to remember is that this is this is essentially the Iron Man one of whatever the hell this saga is. Yeah. We have no idea what this saga is going to be about yet. So we can't look at any any seed they plant and say, that doesn't look relevant because mm-hmm. what the hell do we know? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the second scene where where it looks like uh, Wanda's in like Nepal oh, or she's just somewhere out in the so middle of nowhere. Cool. So she cool. found a, a farmhouse that's kind of like it looks like if Thanos's farmhouse was a bit more warm and cuddly and you know not in space. Uh, and she's just chilling there. She's making tea. She's in her her sweats. She doesn't even care. And then she's astral projecting and reading the uh, the Darkhold, but she's doing it while she's awake, and that. That's already a notch on the belt above a certain uh, doctor who may more name may not be named strange. Ooh, I can't wait. I and and we know we know that Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange, so we know that her story has and apparently so this is now this is the layering that's gonna get interesting because apparently this story has something to do with Doctor Strange. So mm-hmm. that very end credit sequence could be that small little timbit to the first stage in connecting that story and agatha and the whole nine yards so this is this is the coolest example of how phase four is going to do all this interconnectivity yeah and this was supposed to come on that old original slate it was supposed to come right before Doctor the strange Sh- movie yeah. and I, I was wondering do you think anything has been changed in the story of what we saw in wandavision because of the change in scheduling I think there has been some changes. I think there has because they've had more had to have been there. Right? They've had more time. Yeah. Especially like there initially there was supposed to be the Falcon and winter soldier show. And then like at least three movies mm-hmm. before WandaVision. Yep. Shang-Chi Eternals and black widow. Obviously all those movies and that show are going to drop some new lore on us so you know what if like initially i don't know something the mandarin i don't know something something from one of those things was supposed to trickle down into wandavision even if it was just for a bit 
and now they had to take it out. You know, like I feel like something had to be different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you're right uh, because I think the original order was Black Widow, then it was Eternals, Eternals, and then it was supposed to be Falcon Winter Soldier, and then no, sorry, other way around, Shang Chi, then Falcon Winter Soldier. So, because I think Shang Chi was in February, original. It Could was. Be I think it was. It was supposed to be Black Widow in May, mm-hmm. then Falcon Winter Soldier in the summer, and this is 2020 we're talking about here. So May Black Widow. Oh yes, yeah, Falcon it was. Soldier, yeah, November Eternals, mm-hmm. and then February or March Shang Chi. Yeah, and then I think summer WandaVision, and then November Doctor Strange. Yes, and now yeah. that's completely all scrambled up. So yeah, I'm. I really like. It might have, like, I, I don't think it's anything significant, but I think it, it could have been even something so much as like a line of dialogue, like Hayward saying mm-hmm. something along the lines of, you know, after Fin Fang Foom came through the portal, we had to make sure that Sword was there. You know, just something that he references that he can't reference anymore because it hasn't happened yet. Actually, I think that I think that WandaVision actually might be hinting at a bigger story because, again, I think I think what will happen in Doctor Strange will explain some of the events in WandaVision. Or or vice versa, or actually both ways. I think it works both ways. Yeah, they'll feed off each other. I mm-hmm. like that. Ah, oh, boy, I, I I wanted to close with something interesting because I I thought the the odds of this happening were were so crazy, Ryan. But uh, you're familiar with Ducktales, right? Of course. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Have you watched the Woo? Oh, I love that song. Have you watched the new Ducktales that came out a couple of years ago? It's, I have amazing it is one of like legitimately one of the funniest cartoons i've ever seen in my life if you guys have not seen the new ducktales i think it's from 2017 is when it started it's on disney plus the first two seasons anyway go watch them well i lost track of when it was coming out and apparently last year season three started coming out almost exactly a year ago like back in april they started pulling out season three and I just read that today. After I watched WandaVision, I was just like, you know, writing a bit. And I'm like, what happened to DuckTales? And I looked it up and I saw that it was, it had come out and it was, it's just about to end like right now. So I was like, oh, I want to watch some of season three. I still haven't seen it. So I watched a couple episodes of season three. And I swear to God, Ryan, the second episode of season three of the new DuckTales has the exact same plot as WandaVision. No way. It, it started off where they all walk into the room and on this new DuckTales show, they're in like the animation style is a little bit different and their, their outfits are different. Like it's kind of like a minimalist style to their outfits. Like it looks different from the eighties DuckTales is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It starts off where they all walk into the house dressed in their eighties DuckTales clothes. And I'm like, what's happening? And then you hear sitcom laughter and everybody is like, weirded out and they're like what's going on where's that laughter coming from and they're trapped in this sitcom world because of something and i don't want to you know spoilers for a year old ducktales thing here but (laughs) what ends up happening is donald made a wish that uh, his family would be more normal and he happened to be sitting on top of the magic lamp from the ducktales movie and that genie came out of the lamp i swear to god this is real voiced by jaleel white and he's like, your wish is granted. And he he stuck them using his his magic hex. He stuck them in this sitcom world. And then like Huey, Dewey, and Louie are like, where's this laughter coming from? We got to break out of here. And they had to undo the spell 
to break out of the sitcom. Oh my god, I got I got to see that now. That's so clever. I actually loved like like I never finished DuckTales, the new one, mm-hmm. but I actually when I watched the episodes, they were like I actually busted my gut laughing. Yeah. Like there's it's- one there's one where Donald gets stuck, uh Donald and the 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 gang get stuck in this like gambling casino and and then this guy's this guy's like all about like capturing souls because so, like they as long as they gamble they feed his power or something like that and donald just has like the worst luck and it's so funny he gets so mad and it's it's priceless but anyways that's crazy and this is again this is i'm gonna bring this back in to wrap this whole thing up beautifully this is the marvel magic is is in making you so invested in the world you're going to start having like these beautiful mind moments and you're going to start theorizing where are the stories going to go next? And that's the big question. But I really think that the clues are in the words, not in the, not in the visual clues. So we have to keep, uh, we have to listen very carefully to what they're foreshadowing. That's going to be the key guaranteed. Beautifully said brother. Uh, so everybody watch that Dunk Tales episode. Uh, if you can find it, it the episode's called quack pack. They actually make reference to the show they used to have called Quackback. It even has a fake commercial in the middle. Like oh it's, I, I swear to God, like, I don't know what was going on there. But anyways, uh, but, but that has been the series finale of WandaVision here on Infinity Rewatch. Um, now, as we usually, we, we usually like do ratings and things like that. But I, I don't want to do a rating yet, Ryan, because it's still too fresh. I want to wait a while before we so rate fresh. it. But uh, I, I think it's, I think it's up there for me. It's a, it's a very, very well put together little show. Yeah. So uh, let's. I think it's time uh, for us to say goodbye for now. But remember, we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. Uh, Ryan, where can the good people find you when you're not? in television land wow that was brilliant that was really good um yeah you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash xbox canada hosting some wonderful streams on games and you can find me on twitter which is where jonathan e davis shout out to our boy thank you so much for that comment loved it um yeah uh we uh you can find me on twitter at crusader online Yes, thank you so much, Jonathan Davis. We love hearing from you. Uh, you can find me not on Twitter, unfortunately, but you can find me on the Instagram. Well, you can't find me on Twitter, but I'm like not there. I'm like a cardboard cutout of me. But you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Andrew Fantasia, as well as on YouTube at Andrew Fantasia. The, that's the name of my channel. And uh, on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network, also talking about this Star Wars, because that's also a thing. Uh, and who knows, maybe Beast will show up in episode 10, Ray's Revenge. As Sebastian's stand. As Sebastian's stand, but then it turns out he's just Ralph Boner all along. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, WandaVision, thank you for being as great as you were. And all of you, thanks for listening, and have a marvelous day.